Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Relationship Center on the Edify Podcast Network. My name is Ernest Wamboye, and we are continuing with our series on the Ten Commandments. We've been looking at the Decalogue, by far one of the most prolific set of moral instructions given to humanity that came from the Jewish nation, the people of Israel. And the people of Israel received these Ten Commandments when they were en route from Egypt, from the house of bondage and slavery, all the way to the Promised Land as they passed through Mount Sinai. And the Bible tells us that God spoke these words and he spoke them to all the children of Israel and he gave it to them in 10 rules. And we looked at the first command that said, you shall have no other gods before me. We looked at the second command that said, you shall not make for yourself any carved image of anything that is in heaven above, that is in the earth beneath, or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them, nor serve them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers to the children, to the third and fourth generations of those who hate me but you're in mercy to thousand generations who love me and keep my commands then we look at the third command which says you shall not take the name of the lord your god in vain for the lord will not hold anyone guiltless who takes his name in vain and then we look at the fourth one and the fourth one concludes the first section of the ten commandments which involved our relationship with god and in the fourth commandment it says you shall remember the sabbath to keep it holy and it says for six days you shall live and do all your work but the seventh day is the sabbath of the lord your god in it you shall do no work you nor your son nor your daughter nor your male servant nor your female servant nor your cattle nor your stranger who is within your gates and then it says for in six days the lord made the heavens and the earth the sea and all that is in them and rested the seventh day therefore the lord blessed the seventh day and hallowed it then last week we looked at the fifth command that says that and that also begins it begins the second set of the ten commandments which involves our relationship with fellow human beings and it says honor your father and your mother that your days may be long upon the land which the lord your god is giving you and now today we are looking at the sixth command and the sixth command is only four words <laughs> and now it's interesting that from command number six uh god gets um surprisingly brief in the other commands before that he gives context he gives explanations he gives uh conditional promises he gives reasons he gives he, he gives understanding these are breakdown of what he actually says but then when he gets to command number six he just begins to dish out very strong uh very strong commands he says this is the command this is the instruction do it period he does not even explain himself and i believe this is clear because these commands are written in our hearts when we see this command we don't need to ask why i mean and if you ask why that is just proof of your wicked heart You know, these commands are very clear. So, commandment number six, you shall not murder. Done. Guys, end of podcast. Please don't murder. God will be pleased with you and uh, we shall be happy with you and we shall continue the next command next week. Right? Very easy, right? Murdering is wrong. Okay? If you murder, we'll take you to the police. Thank you very much for listening to this podcast. It has only been three minutes. (laughs) Well, not so easy not so easy um we often think of the command do not murder as sufficient but christ did not um uh, not that he didn't think it's sufficient perhaps let me rephrase that of course he thought it was sufficient and even when god gave to sufficient but we need to understand that all these commands bear the heart of god 
And God just doesn't want us to follow these commands legalistically and say, aha, you shall not murder God. I have never murdered anyone. I have no intent of murdering anyone. I am perfect. I am okay. God is interested in the heart of the command. So, for example, when the Lord says you shall have no other gods before me, you don't legalistically argue and say, well, I don't have any other gods. I'm a Christian. I only worship Jesus, so I'm okay. No, no. The heart of the command is, do you turn to anything else? to be your savior. When the Bible says, do not make for yourself a carved image, don't turn to idols, don't say, aha, I don't have any idols in my house, I have never gone to, um, I have never shaped any stone and bowed down to it in worship, I have never bowed, bowed down to a soapstone or any golden image. No, that's legalistic. The heart of the command is, is your heart's attention and focus on anything else but God? Is there any finite thing that has taken the attention of your heart? That's the heart of the command. When you look at the third command that says, do not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, it does not say, aha, the tetragrammaton, Yahweh, I have never said Yahweh in vain. I do not even know how the ancients used to pronounce that word. That's legalistic. The heart of the command is, do you give God honor and reverence in the names by which he reveals to you in the word of God? And one of those names is the Lord Jesus Christ. That's the heart of the command. When you look at the next command, the fourth command, it says, honor the Sabbath. Keep it holy. Rest. You don't just say, aha. So, oh my goodness, it's Saturday. It's Sunday. I am not going to uh, do anything. I'm not going to even lift my finger. I have rested. No, what's the heart of the command? The heart of the command is grace. The heart of the command is rest from your dead works. Turn to him. Take a break. Switch off the television. Switch off your laptop. Fellowship with other believers. Stop working. Stop working and rest. Focus on God. Turn to him. All right? Um, you, you, you just can't be legalistic and say, uh-uh, it's Saturday. It's Sunday. No, no, no. You're missing the point. And even in the command about honoring your father and your mother, you could say, well, I have honored them. I love them. I no, the, the, the heart of the command is hold them in high regard. Okay? Similarly, just like all those commands can be dismissed legalistically, and you can miss out on God's purpose. You can also miss out on God's purpose when it says, do not murder. You shall not murder. And Jesus helps us understand the heart of this command. When you understand the heart of this command, you actually understand you and I are actually guilty of murder more than we think. Okay? The Bible says in Matthew chapter 5, and I'm going to read from verse 21 all the way to 26, it says, You have heard that was said of those of old, to those of old, you shall not murder, and whoever murders will be in danger of the judgment. But I say to you that whoever is angry with his brother without a cause shall be in danger of the judgment. And whoever says to his brother, Raka, shall be in danger of the council. But whoever says, You fool, shall be in danger of hellfire. Therefore, if you bring your gift to the altar and there's something and they have and they remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar and go your way. First be reconciled to your brother and then come and offer your gift. Agree with your adversary quickly while you are on your way with him, lest your adversary deliver you to the judge, the judge hand you over to the prisoner, and you be thrown into the prison. As surely I say to you, you will be you will by no means get of there uh, get out of there until you have paid the last penny. 
Look at all the flesh that Jesus attaches to this command. So let's begin looking at what Jesus says. He begins by saying, listen, your father to say to those who are old, that is Moses and the children of Israel who were there uh, perhaps more than 2,000 years before Jesus Christ came. And the command was, you shall not murder. And whoever murder shall be in danger of the judgment. And if you murdered, if you took the life of a human being, God had decreed it through the covenant he had made with Noah. If you read uh, the life after the flood from around Genesis 9 there about, 8 to 9 there about, God had decreed that if you took the life of a human being, capital punishment was the way to go. Your life shall be taken by another human being. And what the Lord had done in the time of Moses, even leading into the time of the promised land during the time of Joshua, God recognized that there are times some murders were accidental. You killed someone by accident. It was not out of malice. And if that happened, God provided what you'd call cities of refuge. And these cities of refuge were places where the one who murdered accidentally would run to, flee to, and rest. And they would not be under the penalty and the judgment of death, of capital punishment, until the high priest died. If they left the city of refuge and they were caught, then the judgment would occur. It was justice because the murder was not intentional. But if the murder was intentional, guys, your life would be taken. It was a dangerous thing to murder someone. And throughout the scripture, you realize that God notes when people shed blood aimlessly, carelessly. Some of the men around David shed blood carelessly. And what David did is that David ensured that his son Solomon dealt with them and killed with them. Some of them, one of them was his commander, Joab. Joab was a murderer. He was a bloody murderer. And David ensured through Solomon that Joab was killed. That was the requisite judgment. That was necessary. That was fair. You killed someone, you also end up losing your life. Okay? Human life is precious. Human life is of high regard. The first person to murder in the Bible was Cain. And we see the frustration that he caused. In fact, we're told the blood of Abel cried out for vengeance, cried out for justification, rather, right? Cried out for 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 justice, justice. You know, it cried out for justice. Now Jesus says, Well, that's all fine and good, but I want you to look at something else. I want you to look at the heart of the command. He says, I say unto you, whoever is angry with his brother without a cause shall be in danger of the judgment. He's saying, listen, you thought that just murdering, taking a knife and plunging it inside the heart of another human being, you thought that's where the line is drawn. Here's where the line is drawn. I want to give you new lines. Have you ever been angry with your brother without a cause? You're just angry you're just uh you you are easily offended you're someone who's easily given to offense you're someone who is easily annoyed and even when your brother has not done anything to harm you you find yourself angry with him god says listen you have crossed the line you have crossed the line and guys you are a murderer at that point guys uh many murderers are angry people in fact you would argue by saying that the seed of of murder is rage and anger. If 
fact rage has grown anger let us say anger anger is a seed rage perhaps is a seedling the the seed of murder is anger and Christ says anger that is unfounded there's an anger that is healthy there's an anger that is righteous there's an anger that is uh, called righteous anger like the one that Phineas had in numbers 25 when that woman Cosby uh, the Midianite woman came to sleep with that Israelite in front of Moses at the tent of meeting uh, the anger of Phineas was so righteous that God loved it God said the anger of Phineas has averted the wrath of God and in much later in the book of Ephesians uh, Paul tells uh, the children the children of Ephesus um be angry but do not sin do not let the sun go down in your anger that's Ephesians 4 uh, 26 there about he says do not let the sun go down in your anger basically saying that you can actually be angry but do not sin but here's a type of anger that is without cause an anger that is not like phineas it is not righteous anger it is not inspired by the righteousness of god it is not inspired by the holiness of god neither is it inspired by self control like the one mentioned in ephesians chapter 4 it is an anger that is without righteousness without holiness without reverence it is an anger that is without self control and may attempt it is without cause it is an anger from a heart that is easily offended that god is saying this to you if you are one who's easily offended if you are one who takes offense lightly if you are one who gets angry without cause if you are one whose temperature is easily ticked listen you break the sixth command you're a murderer you are a murderer you've crossed the line and god hates it god hates it god hates it when we have this kind of heart because this is the heart of a murderer you may know you may not have committed murder yet but god looks at your heart and looks at the heart of a man who just held a knife and dug it in his neighbor's heart and drew it out with blood and guess what your hearts are the same this should be sobering to us ladies and gentlemen and Christ says that's not the only line you've crossed with murder listen whoever says to his brother raka shall be in danger of the council now <laughs> raka <laughs> I, i don't know what that is but it uh, sounds bad you know raka it sounds like a curse god says listen the one who heaps curses on another you have crossed the line of murder god sees your heart he sees your cursing mouth and he sees the state of your heart and your heart is similarly to that terrorist who blows up a building you may argue that you're not as bad because you are merely at the seed level but let me tell you seeds grow into terrible trees and god does not wait for it to grow into a terrible tree he calls it out he says there's murder in your heart have you used anger that is unfounded and have used curse words against anyone shall be in danger of the council of the council um most likely here Christ is referring to the Jewish ruling council and the Jewish ruling council was a team of Pharisees who were elites uh who were top of their class as far as education is concerned these were people who um had reached upper echelons of society um these were people who had um developed um quite uh, the very learned you know and they would judge matters of israel you know and to be called to be called <laughs> to be called to 
go speak to the council was a big thing. You know? And if you look at the word raka, raka literally means um well the literal definition is empty foolish you know and it's an aramaic word that in our time would be the equivalent of calling someone a good for nothing person useless in fact that's quite it useless stupid numbskull empty headed backward dunderhead to be equivalent of calling someone numbskull you know it would be equivalent of calling someone retarded foolish idiot guys when those kinds of words come out of our mouth we are in such danger that we can stand before the council now the council dealt with important matter the Jewish ruling council Nicodemus was part of the Jewish ruling council you know um, you had to be 70 years old you have to be older you have to be rich you have to be have learned you have to have studied the law they dealt with important matters it was the council that addressed the death of Jesus Christ now imagine Jesus is saying listen if you call your brother foolish useless idiot good for nothing dunderhead uh brain dead foolish you are in danger of the council he's saying the gravity of blasphemy that deserved death the gravity of blasphemy that deserves death you are in league with that kind of crime when you open your mouth and call your neighbor call your spouse call your brother call your sister call your friend raka useless good for nothing And guys, this danger is not just uh it should not just be looked at as a physical danger. We need to look at the ultimate danger when we stand before God on the day of judgment because when God looks at this heart that says foolish, stupid, idiot, raka, raka. When we say those kinds of words, God sees the heart of a murderer. We murder with our words. and our hearts are similar to those who take the lives of others we may not think because our expressions differ but guys our hearts are the same this is the line don't be content because you've never taken a life look at the words that come out of your mouth death and life are the power of the tongue he goes on to say whoever says you fool shall be in danger of hellfire. He says, "No guys, forget about the council. This word you're speaking when you go on and say you fool, in danger of hellfire. You qualify for hell. You are a suitable candidate for hell for every time you open your mouth to insult a fellow human being made in the image of God." Guys, it's not enough for us to just think that we've never murdered, we're okay. and murder is not just the taking of a life of a human being who's um should i say this who's outside the womb when we abort when we um take the life of a child we are also guilty of murder 
we talked about abortion some time back when we talked about the seven things that God hates. Go look for the podcast when we talked about the seven things that God hates and he talked about uh, hands that shed innocent blood. We talked about abortion. We talked about how abortion is murder. It's the taking of an innocent life. So we're not going to talk about that today. But God says the line for murder is not just the shedding of blood of that fetus in the womb or the shedding of blood of a fellow human being, it is also the words that come out of your mouth. What's the solution? He says, listen, the solution is humility and reconciliation. Christ goes on to give an example after giving these warnings. He says, if you bring your gift to the altar, now where was the altar? The altar was in Jerusalem and there was one altar. It was at the temple. If you bring your gift to the altar and May attempt would do this maybe once a year during feasts and festivals, or maybe a number of times a year. But be that as it may, people would basically the, the, the thing is that people would come from all parts of Israel. People would come from Dan, the northernmost part, Beersheba, the southernmost part. People would travel for days. Some would come all the way from Ethiopia, <laughs> like the Ethiopian eunuch, just to bring a gift at the altar. And you've come all the way, and Jesus says, You've come all the way to the altar. And when you arrive at the altar, you discover you and your brother have fallen apart. Why? You called your brother Raka, idiot. You fool. You had a fight with them. You know what Jesus says? You have a murderous heart. And that heart of murder cannot offer that gift at the altar. That heart of murder, that heart that has shed innocent blood, cannot stand before a holy, holy God and give that gift. That gift will be rejected. That gift will be rejected just the same way Cain's gift was rejected. Cain had a murderous heart before he had murderous hands. Murderous hearts precede murderous hands. And it was only a matter of time before the murderous hands of Cain were controlled by his murderous heart. And God warned him, sin is crouching at your door. Be careful. He didn't listen. Sin pounced on him like a crouching tiger. And what happened is that he went and his murderous heart expressed himself through his murderous hands and they killed his brother Abel. God is saying, when you stand at the altar and you are to offer your sacrifice, your sacrifice will be rejected because you are like Cain. You've insulted your brother. You are angry with them at no cause. You've called them Raka. You've fought with them. You've done this to your spouse. You've called them Raka. You've called them you fool, good for nothing, idiot. You've insulted them. You've called them a prostitute. You've called them a good for nothing. You've compared him to other men. You've compared that to other women. You have you have risked the danger of hell. Your sacrifice is unworthy. Your sacrifice is moot. God says your offering means nothing if your relationships are not working. What is the solution? He says, go back. <laughs> Leave your gifts at the altar and go back. Go your way. <laughs> Be reconciled to your brother. Then come and offer your gift. Not to understand the implications of this. Go your way. Go back. There's some people who've traveled 10 days. 10 days. And in those days in Israel, there was no phone, there was no Uber, there was no fax, there was no telephone. There's no way you can get in touch with your brother. You can't send a hawk, a pigeon. I mean, you have to go all the way back. You have to take a 10-day journey back home. 10-day journey back home just to go meet this brother who you called idiot, you fool, and tell them I'm sorry. You have to be reconciled to them. That is a, those are 10 days of humility. A 10-day humbling journey. 
Because if you go ahead and offer your sacrifice, your sacrifice is useless. Your 10 days there were useless. You'll still go back home and it will be 10 days of useless walking. But God says, do this. Make it worthwhile. Go back home. Walk those 10 days back home. Five days, whatever days. If you lived nearer Jerusalem, if you lived in a place like Bethlehem, you're lucky. But if you were days away, you had to go back those 10 days, five days, and reconcile with them. And the Bible says, after you're reconciled, come back. Another 10 days. Come back and offer your gift. Now you see, God is not saying, oh, you've reconciled, you're okay. No, you have a relationship with me as well. This is to show you that in as much as this second set of the commandments have to do the relationship with between us and fellow human beings, they affect our relationship with God as well. Because God demands the altar sacrifice to be made. Go back. And God says, for the sake of peace, he goes on to say, verse 25, agree with your adversary quickly when you're on your way. If you're the one who's caused an offense, humble yourself. Humble yourself. Make agreements. Sort out the matter. Don't let it escalate. Let you be thrown into prison. God is even calling for shrewdness. He's saying even as you reconcile and as you sort out matters, get ensure that it doesn't cost you so much. Because guess what? It's already cost this guy so much. Ten days to the to the to the sacrifice, he's realized his wrong has to go have ten days back home. After ten days back home, he comes back ten days to offer the sacrifice, and after he's offered the sacrifice, ten days back home. Those are forty days. Forty days because of a single offense. If he had gone to Jerusalem to offer the sacrifice with a clean heart, it would just have cost him half that time. Guys, these murderous thoughts bring delay in our lives, and God gives us wisdom. Hey, listen, be wise. Don't let any more delay come into your life. You fought with your brother. You fought the adversary quickly. Reconcile. Don't wait for a judge. Don't wait for the law. Don't wait for it to be a court case. Don't let the matter go to a council. Don't let it go to the council. And then you find that you're the one who is in wrong. You're thrown into prison. You won't get out there until you have paid the last penny. He's saying not only does it cost delay of time, even delay of money. Even delay of money. Guys, a murderer's heart is dangerous. It's more than the shedding of blood. It's the falling out with our brothers and sisters. It's the getting angry, the calling out of names, the insulting. And God will by no means accept the sacrifice of a believer if their heart is murderous. Reflect, repent, turn to the Father. Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Anes Wamboy. Thank you so much for listening. This is the Relationship Center on the Edify Podcast Network. And I'm glad you've tuned in. And for more great podcasts that will build your faith and inspire you, please head over to www.edify.app. That is www.edifi.app. Or you could also search for the Edify app in the Google App Play Store or in the Apple App Store. Please join us next time as we continue our series. My name is Anderson Boy. I look forward to hosting you again. Bye-bye.